disappointing, inexplicable, embarrassing, humiliating. Look, forget the late arrival stuff on Friday morning. And I'll give the Jay Shohei Otani on Saturday, Kevin Barker. I'll give the Jay Shohei Otani on Saturday. But what we saw over three games, yeah, two games, two of the three games against the Angels, was head up your ass, just not freaking good enough baseball. Period. End of story. (laughs) Flush it away. Make sure it all goes down. Man, that's a big one. <laughs> I oh, look, it was I, a big one, all right. It, it was a massive, you know what? Over that's 162 games. Yeah, I was, listen, I, I was listening to Buck Martinez talk about John Snyder and and team meetings and what you should do, you know, after the game tomorrow. First time you, the, the, you know, the the first moment you show up to the for the field tomorrow. What do you do? Yeah, I was starting to, to think about that when I played for as long as I played this late in the season, would a manager have any, a team meeting about the way guys are playing with 36 games left in the season? Does that help? And I'm not sure that I come to the conclusion that a guy standing in front of us, because John's going to have to stand up there and raise his voice a little. Like it's, it's not going to be a pleasant conversation. It's not going to be roses and you know, he's not going to be ha- passing out bottles of wine. He's going to stand up in front of people and say, you know, you need to run the bases a little harder. You need to catch the balls you're supposed to catch. You ask yourself, you know, the bow, the ball that that bow missed today was that lack of effort? I didn't see that. I just see he missed the baseball. It's the the, the Vladimir Guerrero ball that he missed uh, the, that he should have caught that hit him in the heel of glove. Was that lack of effort? I I didn't really see that. Now the one guy you see, you know, the Otani triple in right field with Teoscar Hernandez. You see the base running from Teoscar Hernandez today. That might be the one guy you call in an office. But does team meetings work this time of the year, Jeff? Have you ever talked to an older manager that's been around? for long now obviously john has it but he's been around these guys for a long time do they work this time of the year kevin can you tell me how a team with the high performance department that won't let guys go out in the field if they have gas <laughs> let's say oscar hernandez be out there now he left the game he left friday's game obviously that foot was hurting him at least that's what we're led to believe He's back out out there today. I mean, first of all, Teoscar's not having a good he's not having a good run to begin with. He's hitting under nope. two hundred, I believe, in this this run of games. Um, well, let's talk about that play in the sixth inning because it 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 broke down two ways. One, and this is where I think a lot of fans looked at it. If you're not a hundred percent, if you can't give it a hundred percent, go to second base. First of all, if he makes that play, the, if he gets to second base, run score. All right. If you can't, if you're not healthy enough to give it 100% to second base, what the hell are you doing in the game? Or, or it was just Teoscar misread it, thought that the ball was going to go to, the play was going to be to first base. You talked about it off air when we were chatting, because he does, you know, it's, he, there's, a, there's a little bit of effort there. It just, it, it just stops. So what did you make of that play? Because that, I think, is the play that, 
the fans as they're driving home tonight, this afternoon, we want to hear from you at 416-870-0590, star 591 in the text line. That's a play that I think is going to stick in the craw of the fans tonight, is that particular base running play. I, I'm on the side of if he's in the game, he's in the, on the, in the lineup, he's healthy enough to hustle. And for bottom line is the place right in front of you. You know exactly what's going on. You you saw the defender leave his feet. You saw him trying to get up. Now, it looked to me like he, he was thinking that the play was going to first because of where the defender caught the baseball. And then the defender got up and said, oh, look, the guy's not hustling. I can beat him to second. You know, I'm going to take away all chance of me throwing the ball away, which is that's what a good defender does. He he reads the play right in front of him. For me, it's Teoscar not hustling. We saw it on the Otani triple. Yeah, yeah. It's it's balls out this time of the year. It's trying to help your team win a baseball game. And Buck said it exactly right. Can you go home, look yourself in the mirror, and said, I did everything possible to help my team win a baseball game. And right now, if you're watching these games and watching Teoscar Hernandez play, Teoscar can't go home and say those things. And what do you do with that? Do you bench him? Do you just not play him? I mean, there's other places, people that can play right field. If It'd be another thing if he was raking. He's not. So, you know, this time of the year, it's all about winning baseball games. You put the best product on the field. You put the product on the field who's going to leave it on the field. And right now, for me, when I watch him play, he's not doing that. Uh, the Jays came back from that series in Boston. They had a couple. They did have a late arrival, 4 o'clock in the morning. They had a couple of 10-inning games there. I mean, anytime mm-hmm. you play the Red Sox, it's an emotional series. I get that. As I said yesterday, Shohei Otani was awfully, awfully good. Angels beat the Jays 2 nothing. Terrific. It's just such a good game. Such a good pitching performance. Great. And uh, but but Kevin, 10 nothing in the first game on Friday. Yeah, I'm sorry. The the late arrival thing might work for me if you weren't playing a team that was a bazillion games under 500. But between that game, that 10 nothing loss and we saw Vladdy, I mean they for whatever reason they weren't re- ready to play that game. The first play of the game wasn't made. And it just sort of snowballed from there. Between that game and today's game, though, I mean, you're you're not facing real good pitching today. Let's face it, you're not facing Shohei Otani today. Well, you faced and, a guy uh, today with a, with an ERA of over six. So so obviously, and who's a left-handed? Now I understand they're having some issues facing lefties because they just—it's rare that they ever face one because they really don't have to throw one against them. If they got if they got a righty on another team who can throw a cutter, a four seam, or a slider away, you'll take your chances with that. Uh, look, me having issues with with people saying that they're staying out late because they played a baseball game, rode a, a private jet when I've been on buses for 17 hours, pulled up to the baseball field while I was putting my uniform on. On, on the bus, walking off the bus to walk up to home plate and try and get a ba- trying to get a hit to go to the big leagues. Not real sure I'm, I'm going to make that excuse for the Blue Jays. It's just right now, you put your big boy pants on. If you're the manager, you go to the club, you say, cut those pants up, go to the room where you got all the big boy pants, hang those in their locker, we'll come back tomorrow and we'll get, somebody, get in somebody's butt. That's what you do. 416-870-0590, star 591 The Jays were outscored 20-3 by the Los Angeles Angels over these three games. Their grip on a wild card spot is tenuous. They've got the Chicago Cubs, yet another easy mark, right? <laughs> Coming in for three games at the start of the week. Not 
a great weekend for the Blue Jays. Three big crowds, 1992 World Series reunion. Alec Manoa on the mound. Could have been such, such a special weekend for the Toronto Blue Jays. Russ in New Jersey, what do you make of this mess? I don't know. <laughs> it's a great question. You know, if I would have told you before the weekend, you know, they're three and a half ahead of the Orioles. I don't believe in Minnesota. Obviously, I don't believe in the White Sox. They're playing Houston. We're playing the Angels. We beat up on bad teams. That's what we do well against. We don't beat the good teams. And, you know, we lost two games in the standings. So it's pretty frustrating. I, I know we're going to talk about, you know, Teoscar and this, but the offense, and it's been a lot this year where there's been, you know, we didn't have that last year where they went into funks of you know, three, four. You go back two weeks ago against Cleveland. They scored four runs, I think, in the in the series or whatever. Yeah, four runs in the series this weekend, three runs. Um, you know, it's it's going to be – these next six games are huge. And, and let me tell you something, four and two is not going to do it. Four and two, they've got to go in there. They, they should be aiming for six and oh. I know it's tough, but a five and one against two bad teams. Uh, the only good thing I'll say, the silver lining, which I couldn't believe I saw today, was – Mr. Bobichet actually walked twice, <laughs> which uh, and then he got rewarded because he saw some good pitches because they saw he wasn't swinging at bad ones and he had two base hits. So uh, that was nice to see. But it's it's like you just think they're gonna you know separate themselves because I don't think some of the other I think Tampa's good and I think Seattle could be good, but you just think they're gonna separate themselves a little bit and. Uh, and they throw this at you. So you ask me what I think. Russ, I don't know anymore because I can't let figure me a- it out. Let me ask you this. And, Kevin, I want to bring you in the discussion, too, because it's something you warned me about at the start of the year, and I probably should have paid more attention to it. But, Russ, do you think that maybe when you're looking at Bo, when you're looking at Tay Oscar, and to a certain degree when we're looking at Vladdy, whose numbers aren't the same as last year, do you think we underestimated the benefit they got out of playing in those minor league ballparks, the offensive benefits. Did we perhaps not read enough into that and think that they were different hitters than they actually are? And maybe, and I'm putting my hand up here, and, and Kevin, I'd like, as I said, I'd like you to jump in. Did we maybe get ahead of ourselves? Russ, I'll ask you that first. Did we get ahead of ourselves at this team? I, I brought that up throughout the year. You could throw Marcus Simeon. I know he's not here anymore, but mm-hmm. he's not having close to mm-hmm. the year. Oh, listen, I think it's a combination of things. I think it's the ballparks. But even remember in September now, they were playing a lot of teams last year that were out of it, like Baltimore, which they saw some bad pitching. They, you thought they hit, you thought they hit, you know, you thought that wasn't the case because they put on such good off, such good offensive shows. I think it's that. But I think it's also, you know, teams today with all the video and all the stuff that they have, Teams get a book on you, and, you you know, it's it's about adjusting. And all these guys, they're going to pitch you differently after they look at what they did last year. So I think it's a combination of both of them. When they looked at what they did, they saw Bichette doesn't swing at strikes. So why throw him a strike? And I say, when you get in the playoffs where the pitching is better, those guys aren't going to throw you a strike if they don't need to. So I think you're 100% right. It's partly the ballparks, and it's partly – you know, people, you know, figuring what your weaknesses are. Now you have to adjust to those people playing against your weaknesses. 
Man, Russ nailed that. that. Thanks for the call, Russ. That that's yeah, thanks, tremendous. Russ. Really good. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's great stuff. Russ has been paying attention. I don't know if I have anything to add to that. Russ is all over it about the. I'm sure the ballparks had something to do with it when it comes to confidence, and you know you're you're trying to make some adjustments mechanically. You carry that over to between the lines, and you miss hit a ball, and it still goes out, and you get rewarded for that in those smaller ballparks. So I know that helps confidence wise. But I'm with Russ. I think if for with individually you look at Bo he's a free swinger it's hard to match all that up get the barrel to a bunch of stuff that's as wide of strike zone as he's got because he likes to swing at a lot of stuff Vladimir Guerrero Jr. look if you're you, you finish second in the MVP race they're going to make adjustments they're going to try and figure out ways to get you out and that ball down in the way for the longest time gave him trouble and you know it's it's hard to be always wanting to to carry a team and and help them get to the playoffs. So I think it's a combination of a bunch of things. But you know it's this again. I, I've said this. I just led the show with it. It is big boy pants time. You know enough of the adjustments and we're not doing this and we're not doing that. It's right in front of you. You want to make the playoffs? You go out there. You have better at bats. You run better bases. You play a complete game. You do that because you're talented. You win most of those games. 416-870-0590, star 590, 1-888-666-0590. Henry and Mississauga in the text line. This whole weekend was an embarrassment. I don't know how in hell they could look so good in Boston, New York, and look like a triple-A team against the last-place team. I said before they fired Montoyo. They needed to bring in a veteran manager who would motivate these young players. Uh, we talk about that, obviously. Lots of folks weighing in. Teoscar Hernandez, Chris in Vancouver. If Teoscar doesn't care about winning, then why should his teammates? Embarrassing effort in his part today. Uh, Andrew from Kitchener. Bichette and Hernandez must be in the bench next game. I hope someone like Springer starts flipping tables in that clubhouse after this game. Getting swept by Baltimore is one thing, but by the Angels, clearly it wasn't Charlie. Billy and Markham, why am I not surprised you'd be calling up today? And why am I so happy to hear uh, from you? Uh, Jeff, listen, uh, you know, you, the last caller hit it on the head, but I, I'm going to add a, you know, add a little bit more to it. Forget about Teoscar Hernandez. If I, if I'm the manager of this team, he's playing the last month of the year in Buffalo. I mean, I know we can't send him down, but, but listen, guys, listen, the Oakland A swept Houston in it, these things happen. I, I mean, these are, they got two great players on that team. And, and let's not forget the angels had the lead. Uh, the first month of the year. I, ha I had the Angels winning that division. The Angels never can do anything right. But simply put, guys, we're talking about non-hustle. How about maybe over-hustle? And it starts with our first baseman. Vladdy, let me throw a couple things at you. Mm -hmm. Number one, you're not Ricky Henderson. Why are you trying to steal second base and you overslide the base? You're thinking of Friday night, right? Right. The, the other, yep. the, the, the game earlier in the year when he runs right up Tapia's ass trying to score, he's out at the plate. There's a bullet one hopper hit to him by Mike Trout. Why are you throwing on the ground? Uh, you got to get up off your feet, and if you can't make the throw there, you go and step on first base and get the sure out. The bunt play, Vladdy, you're already trying to throw the runner out at third base. You know what, Vlad, and, and, and you don't get the sure out at first base. Vladdy, you are supposed to be the leader of this team. You're supposed to be the $500 million guy, which you are never getting in your lifetime. And, and by the way, I don't know what the hell Seattle's doing with that, right, that, that center fielder, what they're paying him all that kind of money. Did they not see what happened with Fernando Tatis? That is as dumb a move as I've ever seen. But look, it, Vladdy, you are the guy 
that has got to st- grow up. You, you, you've got to just make the routine plays. You are a three-run homer guy and a first baseman. You're not Ricky Henderson. You're not the best at fielding first baseman in the game. Stop. Just do what you do best. And if you want somebody, guys, to straighten out that clubhouse, here's what I would have done today. I'm Alex Manoa. I would have walked in there and said, fellas, listen, let me just go into the clubhouse first here today. I, I just want to go in there. Guys, stay out for a second. I would have went in there. I would have upset the whole damn table, and I would have said, fellas, take your meal money and go pay, go on King Street or Queen Street and buy your food today because we don't deserve this. And if anybody's got a problem with it, there's a back room over there. Come on in here and talk to me about it if you've got the mm. ball. Listen, George Springer, mm. these kind of guys are two fun guys. They are guys that can't do this. It's got to be Manoa. He's a house for Christ's sake. And Manoa, like you said before, Jeff, he has got some red ass in him that we haven't seen before. I want Manoa yeah. to take charge in there and, and just grab Vladdy by the by the uh, caller or whatever and said, listen, big boy, it's time for you to stop producing. Not that single in the seventh inning, which gives you a one for four night. We need a three-run homer off you in the first inning to get us going and not wrapping into a double play. That's all I got, fellas. Take care. I think Billy, Billy <laughs> thought that out. Billy thought that he out, did. Kevin, before he came on. Um, I, I mean, I hope Alec Manoa doesn't have to be the guy in this team to step up. Um, first of all, I mean, I don't know how you feel, Kevin. I, I don't know how much that accomplishes. Secondly, I've always felt that I need an everyday player to do it, not a dude who works once every five days. No disrespect to pitchers, but I'm just saying that's, that's kind of the way it is. Now, you mentioned Jack Morris. Jack Morris is a different animal. Uh, you know, I think it was it – was, it, it, it was Caleb and, and Ben that talked about this a little bit in the broadcast. And I'm not making excuses. But maybe maybe we are overlooking the fact that in terms of chronological age, you know, some of these guys are still young. I, I don't know, Kevin. I, I, I'm just I'm, I'm throwing it out there. I, Wait, Vladdy, I think the Vladdy thing, Billy's right about one thing, and that really struck me as odd on Friday. I... I to me, Vladdy looked like he wasn't ready to play Friday, Kevin. He looked like he wasn't ready to play. And I don't know if he tried to overcompensate, but that was noticeable. Maybe. I mean, everybody's got their opinions about the way certain guys play. I, I, I just think it's funny that, that people actually think that a baseball player going into a locker room, flipping a table over, changes the, the, the anything that I have to do because either I can't hit a breaking ball or – or I, I'm not throwing strike one, or I don't know what to throw when I get to, to to eliminate somebody. Now, the hustling part of it, yeah, I would rather see the team have a closed-door meeting than the manager have to have a closed-door meeting and come in and say, hey, start hustling. But most of this is around one guy when it comes to the hustling part of it. The, the other part of it is just guys not making plays. And I just don't know if that's handled by flipping a table over or calling somebody, like Billy said, into a room. <laughs> and if you want some, come and get it. It just doesn't work that way. I, I know it sounds good, and it's very hockey. That I guess that's what they do. But baseball's not like that. So yeah. it's just not. No. And they don't even have a spread in the middle of the clubhouse anywhere. They've got a dining room. Yeah, they do. It's like Ruth not Chris. like the old days where they used to have stuff set up in the middle of the room. You could flip the table over and everybody would see it. Writers would come in and go, huh, why am I picking potato salad off my uh, bottom of my shoes? <laughs> potato salad's in AAA. They have like lobster and filet. 
Barker, I am so old that I remember when potato salad was on the menu. Really? I can tell you a funny story about Pedro Guerrero and potato salad some, sometime, but I won't do it on air. Clifton and Etobicoke. What's up, Clifton? Come on, Clifton. Cure us of all. Take, make all the bad vibes go away here, Clifton. You're just the guy to do it. <laughs> well, I'm going to be like you, Jeff. I'm going to flush. I've already flushed this series down the toilet. This, this uh, Angel series here. But, Jeff, here's the one that is bugging me. And it, I know it's a distance away, but that series to close out the season in Baltimore, this one looms large. Because I'm telling you, man, this Baltimore team, I mean, I don't know if because these guys are using the Blue Jays as a measuring stick for themselves, but whenever they play these guys, it's as if they have no respect. I'm going to take you guys back to the last series here at home. Game two. And, Kevin, I know you watch baseball very closely. Mm-hmm. Now, top of the fifth, like Manoa was taken to a 2 uh, nothing lead. Cruising. Top of the fifth, he gave up two solo home runs to tie it up. And I'm thinking, you know, the top of the Blue Jays order was coming up in the bottom of the, the innings. And I think it was Kramer, the pitcher, Dean Kramer. And he polished these guys off in like nine pitches. <laughs> and I'm like, holy man, like what? This guy doesn't know that he's playing the Blue Jays? And then to add insult to injury, the bottom of the inning, I mean, the, the top of the six, they scored two runs to take the lead which they never relinquished. So these guys are, they're gearing themselves up for the Blue Jays every time they see them. So the Blue Jays better put some daylight between themselves and the rest of these other pursuers, man, because if it goes to Baltimore in the final uh, series, they won't make the playoffs. Clifton, I appreciate the call. The Orioles, by the way, lost today to the Houston Astros. So Hmm. um, they will not pull the within half a game of the final wild card spot in the Blue Jays. I, bet, I mean, Kevin, we've been talking about that series, that that final series of the year for a while now. And the simple fact of the matter is, you know, th- this, this, these games against teams like the Angels, like the Cubs and the Pirates, you've, you've got to build yourself up. You've got to build up a bit of a cushion, you know, ask, Ask the Yankees how important having a cushion is, mm-hmm. right? Ask the Yankees how important having a, having a cushion is. But I just, I don't know. Buck said something today at the start, uh, very early in the game. I wrote it down. The Blue Jays are at the top of many offensive categories. It just doesn't feel like it. And I don't know if this team is good enough, Kevin, to build any type of of buffer we may just have to accept the fact that this team is going to be life and death to make the playoffs this year well yeah maybe i mean they got some pretty young guys like you mentioned in some pretty key spots and some guys are having some down years like you you know bo's having a down year teoscar has not having the year he had last year vladimir guerrero jr is not having the year he had last year george springer has a tough time staying on the field so they do have some issues but for me, anyway, the Blue Jays do have a good team. It's just trying to put a, you know, a complete game 
together consistently has been their issue. It's either they pitch really well, they don't get any hits. Uh, they're, you know, they're getting a bunch of hits. They're not playing good defense. It just seems like consistently Kevin, keep, they're not I putting it all together. That. I keep hearing that from people. Like my, One of the things I hate is when I hear teams – Managers or general managers say, well, we just had a difficult time getting on the same page. And I don't understand that. I, I don't. To me, that's irrelevant. You win games by pitching. You win some games you win by outscoring the other team. Every now and then it all comes together. Most of the times it doesn't come together. Yeah, but because yeah, but because of the the guys that I just mentioned are having down years, that puts them closer to the pack, which means they have to play a more complete game. Like they have to make all the plays they're supposed to make and mm. run the bases and throw strike one and do all the things that good teams do. Look, if you're stuck in traffic right now, coming out of the game, you're not going anywhere. Trust me. So give us a call <laughs> at four one six eight six. You got nothing better to do. Absolutely. Four one six. I mean, I mean that with all due respect. Four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety star five ninety one triple eight triple six zero five ninety five ninety five ninety is the text line. It's your chance to weigh in. The Jays have been swept by the Los Angeles Angels. Think about that. Yeah, they got Otanied. Everybody gets Otanied, mm. but they got what was it? Tucker Davidson, and I don't even know who the hell was pitching the other night. <laughs> Anyhow, but they got Tucker Davidson today. I'm okay with getting Otani. I'm not okay with getting Tucker Davidson. How do you feel about him? 416-870-0590, star 591 via text. It is Blue Jays Talk with Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fan. you got to be consistent, and you got to understand that it's a really talented group, and there's going to be ups and downs over the course of a season. And I think, you know, if you look at over our last – 10 it's good and the sequence of it sucks so you don't have to go in i'm i'm never the the type of guy that will go in there and flip a table um at this point it's up to the players to say this is not good enough and i'm sure they're they're talking about that right now and you trust that the guys who are leaders and the guys that are veterans in the team take care of that and you know tomorrow starts a new series that's really well said by john schneider kevin barker i think we're all both on the same page there um john schneider's a interim manager this is not up to the interim manager. It, it it really isn't up to the interim manager. This is up this is up this is up to the guys who are the key players on that team. It really is. It's not up to Jackie Bradley Jr. because he just got here. It's not up to those, not up to Whit Merrifield. It's up It's up to the guys who are the key players on this team. I hate to say it. I hate to say it, but I really do think Vladdy and Bo, you know, this is supposed to be their team. Well, might be the time to might be the time to start trying to put a little more of an imprint on it. I know they're young, Kevin. I I I, I get that, um, but and at the end of the day, it, whatever said doesn't matter. It's how how you're going to respond against the Chicago Cubs. How you're going to come out tomorrow night? What are you going to show tomorrow night when you get out there? That's the question. Well, the words and everything, it doesn't matter. The question is, what are you going to do tomorrow night when you get back out in the field? How are you going to approach it? And frankly, how are you going to handle the fact that for the first time in your career, you're getting your ass booed, mm. which it was noticeable Friday, more noticeable today, but it was noticeable Friday. And it's not just Tay Oscar that's the brunt of it. Bo's getting the brunt of it. 
Vladdy gets booed when he makes a misplay, but there, there's two types of booing, right? There's the there's the we hate you, you got to get out of town boo, and there's the you should have made that play boo. Fans live in the moment, but this was we saw some stuff this weekend we haven't seen before, and that I think maybe that ought to be a wake up call to these guys. I, I I think there's some expectations here. I think there's some expectations here. You got to play well. Well, you don't play well. You know, there's an expectation here from the fan base that this is a pretty good team. This is a young team. It's going to be here a while. You need to go out and show us that. Uh, Claudio in King City, love this text. I believe what we're seeing with the inconsistency of the Jays is simply a lack of experience, especially so that the stars of this team are not veterans, but rather the young players. The last two seasons have been unusual for the Jays due to COVID and shouldn't COVID and shouldn't really count as two full normal years of experience. I get what Claudio was saying there, and, and i got to keep reminding myself that, and I've got to keep rem- reminding listeners and fans that as well. Yeah, the, the, these guys have been around for a while, but it's been an odd circumstance. And again, they're not, they're not 26, 27 years old. And I'm not making an excuse for them because I just finished saying it's their team. They got a lead. But you have to balance that off a little bit. I, I, I think you just have to balance it off a little bit. Jamie and Kitchener, you're, uh, you, you seem to kind of fall in a little bit, right, with, with, with Claudio. Maybe we got to take a step back and say, you know, these guys are a little young here. Go ahead, Jamie. Uh, Bo and Vladdy goes, even though that they're young guys. But I think at the beginning of the season, I, I was telling everybody, look, at uh, Bo Bichette's not playing the defense that Bo Bichette can play. And, uh, you, uh, Kevin, you keep on saying put on the big boy pants. You know what? I don't ever blame the players for not getting the most out of themselves because you look at the Hall of Fame managers. How many of them were Hall of Fame players? It takes a good manager to be able to tell these guys, and I would have at the beginning of the season, I noticed Bo wasn't playing the defense that Bo needed to play, and I think Bo was one of the best uh, uh, hitting coaches on this team, so I'm not worried about his offense. I would have put him at the bottom of the lineup at the beginning of the year until he got his defense where it's supposed to be. And uh, these guys, this season, this series here is just an anomaly because they had the uh, 92 guys coming in. It was kind of a perfect storm. And uh, the three boneheaded plays that Vladdy made, like uncharacteristically on Friday night, it was just proof that they're trying too hard. They're young. They're trying too hard. Uh, old Joe Madden would have... Uh, probably said, uh, what would you do, Joe? He'd say, well, I think we should throw a party because these guys are trying too hard. <laughs> hockey analogy is they're squeezing the sawdust out of the sticks. Appreciate the call, uh, Kevin. I don't know about squeezing the sawdust out of the sticks or squeezing the sawdust out of the bats. Um, I mean, some of the approaches weren't weren't really good in this series. Um, but it, it was it – just, it just didn't look – the look wasn't good. Again, Saturday aside, the Saturday aside, you have to put Saturday. You know, I enjoyed Saturday. I enjoyed I did, Saturday because that was that was an event. I got to see a guy be so good, and I got to see a young guy in Alec Manoa try to go toe to toe with him. I, I put that game aside. I almost don't even count that towards <clears throat> 162 because that's going to happen. But they just did not look good in the two other games they didn't look good they looked distracted Uh, again i'm not buying the whole and i may be going against i'm not saying that there isn't anything to the late arrival thing because everybody says there is and everybody 
you know, everybody who's around the team says there is, that's fine. But I'm just, I prefer not to buy it as an excuse because uh, I'll buy it as an excuse against New York Yankees. I won't buy it as an excuse against the, uh, against the Los Angeles Angels. I just won't. I, well, I just, again, I, I think it's up to the player to get that player ready to play a baseball game. I don't think it has anything to do with the manager. I've been around a ton of managers. I, having a manager walk up to me and say, do this, do that defensively, it's not like Bo's not trying. Like, how many videos do people have to see of Bo taking early defensive work and all the things that try to go into being an elite shortstop? I'm not saying he's an elite shortstop, but he's trying to be one. It's not lack of effort. And, you know, again, baseball is an individual sport. It's a man's sport. You don't have to walk up to a man and say, go do this. That's not a manager's job. A manager's job is to, you know, manage the bullpen the right way, put the lineup card out the best way he feels that's right for that single day and make the right moves when you're supposed to make them. But that thing of walking up and telling players, you need to do this and do that. just doesn't work that way at this level. And now the bet three, six, five standings update with bet three, six, five. You can watch thousands of live games, build your own bet, and you can even make a bet while the game's still being played. 19 plus play responsibly Ontario only lots going on in a very busy Sunday. A lot of it involving the teams in and around the Blue Jays in the wild card race. But first, let's talk about a team that isn't. The Yankees aren't in the wild card race. They're currently losing 4 nothing to the Oakland Athletics. They put a role as Chapman on the IL, Kevin, with a leg infection from a tattoo. There ought to be, I gotta, I, I gotta, there ought to be an age at which you're not getting tattoos anymore. I mean, seriously. If you don't have one by the time you're 30... Don't get a tattoo. Like seriously, get your nipple pierced or something, but don't get a tattoo once you hit thirty. Honest to God. Anyhow, Roldis Chapman's in the IL with a leg infection from a tattoo. This is the bet three six five standings. The Yankees are seventy eight and forty nine. Tampa Bay is seventy and fifty seven. Toronto sixty and fifty eight. The Orioles are sixty seven and sixty. Boston sixty two and sixty six. Houston beat the Orioles 3-1 today. That helps the Blue Jays out a bit. Tampa Bay crushing the Red Sox 12-4, and Seattle's leading Cleveland 3-0. So, as we sit here right now in the wild card race, Tampa Bay, they're a game and a half up in the wild card, 70-57. Seattle's half a game back of them is 69-58. The Toronto Blue Jays are 68-58. They hold down the third wild card spot, a game and a half ahead of the Baltimore Orioles, three ahead of Minnesota, and six ahead of the Chicago White Sox which, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't even know. I don't even know how to begin to explain what's happening with the Chicago White Sox. Don't try. Run, run differential is minus 43, Kevin. The Chicago White wow. Sox. Run differential is minus 43. Um, we've also got a clip from Ross Stripling that uh, I, I want to play. Ross Stripling was talking a, about, in general, where the team is right now. Ross Stripling got the start today, did Ross Stripling things, uh, although he did <clears throat> give up multiple home runs for the first time this season and the first time as a starter since July 19, 2021. But I think most of us would say that, you know, Ross Stripling kind of gives you what Ross Stripling's going to give you. This is what he said when he was asked about the 2022 Toronto Blue Jays. I think the word that's going to follow the 2022 Blue Jays for the years to come is, is streaky, right? I mean, we've had more highs and lows this year than any team that I've been a part of, I think. You know, so 
you're not going to see us get too down because after lows, we've had a lot of highs. So I think, you know, we're, we're ready to start playing good baseball again. Coming off a really good road trip and you get swept by the Angels, um, you know, we didn't expect it. But they came and punched us in the mouth and, and took three from us. And now, you know, we've got a winnable series against the Cubs. So move forward. Uh, you got to rely on your leaders in situations like this, guys that have, have been here for a while or have been on teams that have had ups and downs, you know, Springer, Whit Merrifield, Jackie, myself, uh, David Phelps. You know, we have good leaders in the locker room that we've relied on all year to, to be vocal and to lead by example. So in you know, times like this, when you got 30-something games left and every game matters, uh, those are the guys that you look to for leadership. So um, you know, we'll do the best we can. But you know, at the end of the day, we come out tomorrow and play uh, a winnable game. So you know, flush this one and get ready to get after it against a new team. That was Ross Stripling uh, talking a few minutes ago. I just want to th- uh, throw out a tweet. Craig from Saskatoon. Shout out to Saskatoon. Since when do 23-year-olds lead teams? Well, watch the young Cleveland Guardians. They all hustle their asses off for Francona and appear to be accountable to each other. This team appears to be the complete opposite. Maybe it wasn't Charlie's fault. I mean, I will say this. It is remarkable how good the Cleveland Indians play when they get really good starting pitching. And I'll also say this about the Cleveland Indians. They do have Jose Ramirez rattling around there as can well. You expi- can, you explain, can you explain to me who's not hustling other than Teoscar Hernandez? Name another guy. Yeah. No, I, I listen, mean Vladimir Vladimir Guerrero Jr. occasionally won't run a ball out to first base, but I'm assuming that's probably on purpose because he plays every single day, and I'm I'm assuming they've had conversations. Say you got a chance, don't run it out. But who else doesn't hustle? No, I, I just uh, I'm just not seeing that. I, if the if the hustle if hustle was the problem, it would be easily it would be easy to fix. But hustle isn't the problem with most of these guys. You know, you, you made a good point. Hustle's not it's not the problem with Bo Bichette. Bo can't try any harder than he's trying. Vladdy can't. Maybe Vladdy's trying too hard. Vladdy can't try any harder, I think, than he's trying. You know, Guriel, uh, Springer. I, you know, there, there's one guy that's a real outlier right now. And, and, and I would argue that even in, I mean, you go down the pitching staff, other than you say Kikuchi, you know, I don't know. Jose Barrios has not had a great year, but he, you know, looks like he's, Looks like he may have turned things around. There's this whole idea that guys aren't trying. You don't try your way into hitting a breaking pitch. If you can't, you can't. Uh, the Teoscar thing is problematic. And as I said, it's problematic for a number of reasons. One, either he's not hustling or two, uh, he's hurt, in which case he shouldn't be out in the field. And, and I got back. This is what I said originally at the start of the show. How many times on Blair and Barker or on this show – do we scratch our heads about why a guy isn't in the lineup because the high-performance department is deemed that he is a day off? How many times do we do that? This is the same team, though, that'll let a guy foul a ball off his foot where he had an x-ray on it the night before, foul it off the foot or two nights before, then send him back in the outfield. And, and he can't make a play on a, a – you know, he plays a fly ball into a triple. Like, I, I just don't get it, and I understand that you have to trust the players – but I also know, and Kevin, you know as well, that most professional athletes, when you ask them, are, they, are you hurt? They'll go, no, nah, I'm okay. You can't rely on them all the time to give you an honest and, – and that's just – I find that mind-boggling, that we could even – we could even be talking about a guy out there right now who shouldn't, who, who shouldn't be playing because he's hurt. But let's and of not, course, let, you get into the whole everybody's hurt in August, that type of not, thing. I, I get that, but there's there's – there, there's, you know, a nagging injury, and there's an injury that has an impact in your ability to help your team win. And all, all that, is. all that stuff is true, but the bottom line is he was on the field and he didn't hustle out of play that probably could have helped them at least give them a chance to win a game. 
There's no yeah, excuse and, for it. And the Angels took advantage of that. No question they did. Run. Give them credit. Tony in Maple, Ontario. What's up, Tony? Good afternoon, gentlemen. Uh, I'm a huge Blue Jay fan. I think there's two scenarios playing out here, and it could be a combination of both or individual. This team doesn't have a true leader. You know, we talk about Springer, uh, Vladdy. They're not leaders. You know, if we talk about leaders in the past for the Jays, we're talking like the Bautista style or George Bell, uh, I don't know, Dave Winfield, guys that had lots of experience, maturity, and a continual, constant play level, day in, day out. That's lacking. Now, the other part is this. You ever heard the expression, anticipation is better than the realization? Mm-hmm. And a lot of fans and media, whoever it is, think every year coming in, oh, this is the team, this is our year, we're going to do it. And then the reality of it is, they're not that good yet. Doesn't mean they can't get better as they mature and maybe bring in like the types of players that I talked about from the past to glue it all together. But that's what I think the, the problem is, gentlemen. These two scenarios, and maybe part of, of each together, eventually will get this team to where they want to be. Tony, that's really well said. Thanks for the call. Listen, I can tell you that one of the one of the you know one of the things that that was talked was talked about with this team, and actually Shai Davidi mentioned it to me earlier in the year. There was somebody around the team, he didn't say who, but they were talking about they 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 felt the clubhouse needed an adult in the room. Now, Kevin, I know what you feel about uh, you know about clubhouse dynamics and all that, and how it's somehow over played but I, I the thinking was that they needed a they needed a guy who played every day they just they, they I, I don't even know if the, that the perfect player exists necessarily but they needed something close to that guy somebody who was going to play every day somebody who was a little outspoken you know design the, the perfect guy like Jose Jose Batista was frankly when he was here he was that guy people listened to him and they listened to him because Jose would generally strap it on and go out and play. Um, and I just, but I don't, it depends on a guy's personality too. You know, just because George Springer's won World Series and, and, and is, you know, is a terrific reputation as a clutch hitter in the postseason, that doesn't necessarily mean that he's the guy who's going to grab everybody by their neck and shake them, right? And say, this is, this is, this is what you have to do. I'm just, I'm uncomfortable worrying so much about leadership. And talking so much about leadership, Kevin, because I think there's something deeper than that. I think it's important, but it's a combination of a guy who's outspoken, a guy who plays every day, but also a guy who can be a bit of a soft shoulder if you do need it. Well, there's some guys on this team. Uh, Tony makes a great point at the, at the very end of his conversation there. I, the, I just think there's some guys on this team who are everyday players who we thought were going to have unbelievable years and take this team where it where they want it to go, it's just not having those years. And when you don't have those years for everyday guys, it sort of looks the way it looks. Let's not all forget they are still in a playoff spot. They're still a good team. They just hit a little bump in the road. And Ross Stripling, I, I, I'm going to be honest with you, every time I see him pitch and every time I hear him talk, I'm wondering, why, why don't you pay that guy? Uh, I mean, uh, you and me uh, both, what, my friend. What, what are you waiting? Listening to him talk, he said it exactly the way it's supposed to be said. Yeah. 
And then he goes out and does what he does basically every single time he gets the ball. I, I mean, it would be real hard not to be handing him a little bit of money. It's not going to cost you a ton of money, but you, you give guys money who can talk like that, who can, who's been there and done it before, exactly what Tony's talking about. It doesn't have to be an everyday guy. And guys you don't have to spend tons of money for, who's earned it, who's made every adjustment you've asked them to make to help their team go out and win a baseball game. And I just wonder about that Ross Stripling thing. But, I, Jeff, I think we can all agree they're not a finished product. That That's sort of what everybody's feeling is about this team. They're still a really good team because they are in a playoff spot, but they're not a finished product. And there's some little adjustments they need to make, and if they make them, they'll be a better team because of it. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's really well said. James and Mimico on the text line. We have to remember the Jays' core is still kids. They remind me of the Leafs from the last couple of years. I found myself thinking about that a lot lately, James. I really have. When things don't go well, don't go well for children, they pout, get really down on themselves, and lack the experience to battle through going down in the first couple of innings or periods like the Leafs used to. Let's hope the latest veteran additions the Jays have made will help these guys dig deeper. And I did find it interesting. I, I really found it interesting that Ross Stripling referred to Jackie Bradley Jr. and Whit Merrifield. Now, yeah, those guys have been there. Jackie Bradley Jr.'s got more postseason experience in his little uh, his little finger than, than almost anybody in that clubhouse. But I still think it's got to come from your core guys, from your everyday guys. Uh, the other guys can help. It's almost like you got captains or generals and you got lieutenants. You can have lieutenants, mm-hmm. guys who are there to kind of say, yep, that's right. Uh, what he says is right. Trust me, my experience tells me it's right. But you also need guys to really to, to step up and, and play those those well, the only experience that I've had is when you close a door, you have a team meeting, it's everybody's chance to stand up and say their piece. I, I think that's what it, why it's called a team. Everybody knows who the leaders are. They don't have to stand up and say, I'm the leader. That's a chance for everybody to stand up. You know, you got a, a problem with Teoscar not running a ball out, stand up and say it. That's why you're a team. Uh, George Springer started in the outfield today. Got out in the field. That is the first time, I believe, since uh, through what was I looking at here? The first time uh, was yesterday was the first time, right? Yesterday was yes. the first time that he uh, that he uh, played in a uh, he, 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 he played in a game in the field since what July twenty eighth. I'm looking right now. Do you think of George Springer through those two games? Yeah, I think field. he's George Springer. Uh, you know, he dove today. Uh, you were holding your breath, may, hoping that that didn't hurt because that's normally when he hurts his elbows when he dives and you know he's got to get up and then make a throw and then you start to see him favorite when he takes a big daddy hack at the plate but look it it, it seems that's the way they want to go because now they can dh Kirky and and they can run vladimir guerrero jr through the dh and they can position people the way they want to position them i just want the best product on the field and if they think that guy's playing center field so be it aaron in toronto thanks for your patience aaron what's up uh, thanks for taking my call, Jeff. If I before I ask my question, I just have to say, man, I've always pictured you with either a face or a neck tattoo. So I don't think you should shy away <laughs> from getting some yeah. air. Uh, no, I'm never, with you. I came close one time on a drunken road trip to Los Angeles to getting a uh, tattoo. One time. But uh <laughs> Elliot Price, who was traveling with the Xwells at the time, talked me out of it and steered me probably to an in and out burger instead. But anyhow, I well, and thank you, honestly, so jokes aside, thank God. Um, I just oh, uh, yes. what I want to ask. I want to ask your expert opinion on this thought. Is that do you think 
back, we, we've been talking 92, 93 World Series team. This is when the banks and the oil companies, the beer companies, they, they own the team. Were they possibly giving, you know, Paul Beeston, Pat Gillick more leeway than they're giving to Mark Shapiro when it comes to what they can expend? Like, are they putting a product on the table that is actually trying to win a championship, or are they just trying to retain audience? You know, put a product. Yeah. And my, my, well, sorry, one, one other question I want to ask no, no, that's fine. is how many wins is it going to take to win a World Series? Not how many to get into the playoff, but how many wins do you think it's going to take us to actually say we're a World Series team? Anyways, with that, I love your show. Take care. Thanks, man. Thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah, the 1992-93 Blue Jays had the highest payroll in baseball. Now, we are comparing apples uh, to oranges you know, when we talk about what baseball was like in 1992 and what it's like now. Um, different revenue streams now, obviously. You know, the free agent market is is it is different in terms of the in terms of the dynamics. Um, look, I, I will say this about this team's payroll: it's I believe eleventh or twelfth in baseball, um, and it's consistently around there. You look at the deals this team has made um the above market deals they've made giving george springer an extra year and, and i'm talking about you know bad deals as well frankly too giving you kikuchi more money than anybody was giving him in more years than anybody was giving him going back to signing russ martin russ martin was not going to come here unless he got an extra year well the jays went ahead and gave him an extra year this ownership hasn't been afraid to spend money to bring in free agents it hasn't been afraid to swallow a bad contract, which to me is the real sign of a committed ownership. And it also hasn't been afraid to put money in deals as a make weight or to, to, to sort of use its financial clout as a means of balancing off deals and perhaps getting a better player in return. And it's done so essentially without having much of a home gate for two years. So, And I know I'm going to get you know accused of being Rogers lackey here because i work for rogers that is that is a fact of the matter we also know that mark shapiro last year i'm sorry this winter mark shapiro for the first time kind of talked about the possibility of the jays spending up to the luxury tax i would it be great if the jays had an extra 50 million i guess so but i'll ask you this if they had an extra 50 million is that going to make Bo? any better is it going to make vladdy any better like teams are looking for Bo Bichette's and vladdy juniors right they are teams are looking for those guys so i i don't i don't know necessarily if payroll always equates to the success it's like the yankees always have the highest payroll or the second highest payroll in baseball they haven't won a world series yes the dodgers have a high payroll and they've won a world series but I, my feeling all along is that there's a little more financial firepower here waiting to be spent at the right time. And I think the right time is when you come up with a long-term deal for Vladdy. That will be the, to me, that's the ultimate measure of where things are. Are you going to make Vladdy one of the highest-paid players in baseball? By extension, one of the highest-paid players in baseball history. Are you going to do that? And then what are you going to do on top of that? Um, so I, I know that's a long-winded answer, but that's that's kind of how I view this. And, and Kevin, you know, as, as I, I just don't think money is preventing this organization from necessarily doing what it wants to do, right? 
Yeah, I don't think so either. Uh, he mentioned how many wins would it take to be considered a World Series team. Jeff, can you tell me how many wins the Blue Jays have? 68 wins, right? Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Six, 68, 68 what wins. What did we say? For, for we me, thought 93 to go to the playoffs, right? What yeah, did we so, say? 93 so I, gets you in. I'm, so, I'm going to say I'm going to say 92 because they got 36 games left. They got 68 enough, wins. You, you think you think they can go 24 and 12 in the next 36 games? That for me, you you want to be serious. You want to be looked at as a we right. we can say every every time we have a national guest on our show, they say how big of a disappointment the Blue Jays okay, so, are. What's going on yeah. with the Jays? I'm going to say but 92 wins. Okay. 24 okay, and the point was how many do you need to get to to win the World Series, right? That was the point. Was how many do you get? How do you you need to win the World Series? And I, I um, think he was, I think he was talking about what what would it be to looked at as a contender for a World Series. I believe is, is was his question. That's why I said ninety two yeah. wins. Okay, ninety two, and then of course if you go on and uh, and yeah. and 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 add on the wins to that. Um, 92, I've, 92 or 93 is, has kind of been my target all along. I've Look, I said at the start of the year, I thought this team was going to go to the World Series. Um, so clearly I thought they were capable of winning, it, of, of winning 93 regular season games in order to get in. But, um, and, and I still think, you know, I still think that they will be a playoff team, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, it, it ain't going to be a coronation. And it could very well go right up to that to that final series in Baltimore. I don't think if you're looking at the way the Blue Jays have played this year, Kevin, I don't think you could I don't think you can honestly say to yourself that you'll be surprised if come that final series of the year there isn't still something at stake. No, but I also had the conversation last year. All they talked about, coaches, players said, we just needed to get in. Maybe they're trying so hard to get in. If they just get in, they think they can make a serious run at it. That is all for us today. A lost weekend for the Toronto Blue Jays. Swept. That's right. Swept by the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. I can't even believe I'm can't even believe I'm saying that. The Chicago Cubs are in tomorrow for the first of three games at the Rogers Center. Thanks for listening, as always, to Blue Jays Baseball, served up by the always game-ready Jack Link's Meat Snacks. Feed your wild side, baseball fans.